0: Uh, this is in uh, Philippians chapter four, and uh, <clears throat> I was thinking about this. Uh, I was watching this this fellow uh, teach online, and he was talking about how um, you've heard that saying that God won't put on you any more than you can bear, right? And of course, we've taught about that many times around here. How that's not even biblical. The Bible didn't say that at all, right? Because usually they take that as a kind of a misquote from Second uh, Corinthians chapter ten or First Corinthians chapter ten, which says that uh, that uh, God won't allow you to be tempted above that which you're able to bear. Uh, but with every temptation, he'll give you a way of escape. Uh, and so, uh, so that just means that, uh, you know, you can't say, well, I couldn't help it, right? And that's the whole point of that verse is a lot of people, they get into temptation and, they, and they, they fall to temptation and say, well, I couldn't help it. But then that's not biblically true because the Lord said he wouldn't allow you to be tempted above that which you're able to, to withstand. Uh, and so, so that's kind of a whole separate discussion about temptation and sin and those types of things. But then when it comes to the things that uh, that we deal with in this life, you know, a lot of times people say, well, God won't put on you anymore than you can bear. And so this fellow said, well, that's not true, you know, with the statement about that, which is correct, right? But then he said then he went on and, and, and this is the part that I, I seem to have. Um, it seems like it's a hard for the church to just understand that, you know, God actually loves us. You know that, right? And, and he's not up in heaven putting things on us, right, to just test us and weigh us down and see how we're going to react you know he will he will test us in a sense of trying our hearts you know to see you know will we obey him uh you know and that sort of thing but it's not a burden that a heavy weight and a burden uh so he correctly got the part that but god won't put on you more than you can bear but then he said uh well it, he's not gonna put on you more than you can bear with his help <laughs> thought, well, you were so close you're right there that you know uh, and then he went on and talked about several other scriptures. Like there's a scripture in Second Corinthians chapter one about Paul said that they spared even of life uh, because of of the of the tribulation and persecution they were suffering. But the Lord didn't put that on them. You know there there are things in life, right? There are there are lots of things in life. I know uh, for uh, Miss Dora's family and of course uh, uh, Eva Eva Lou and Rosemary, you know they've lost three family members uh, this year, right? Uh, and that's a that's that's a heavy weight. The Lord didn't do any of that. He didn't kill any of those people. He didn't take them to heaven. He didn't need them in heaven more than we needed them here. Uh, the Bible calls death an enemy. And that's just one example of, of things we have to deal with in this earth that the Lord's not putting that on us. Uh, but we do have the grace to deal with those things. And that's the thing we have to have faith is regardless of what comes our way, and that's the, the scripture I wanted to read uh, this morning is in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. It says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. So uh, in, every, in every situation, every circumstance, regardless of what the weight of that circumstance is, uh, you can overcome that. Uh, and you can do all things through Christ which strengthens you. And a lot of times people think, well, it's, you know, these deaths or this persecution or this tribulation is more than, can, more than I can stand. And that's not true because the Lord gives you the grace to overcome that. Remember, we talked a long time about overcoming, right? How the Lord said that I have overcome the world. And so you can have uh, faith uh, that you can overcome those things. But but the the thing that that, uh, I guess for me that that we've got to get settled in our hearts. God is not doing these things. He's not putting these things on you to see how much you can handle. He's not putting this weights on you to to mess with you to to toy with you to to see if you're going to break or not break. That's not the Lord's doing. His desire is to work with you to advance his kingdom to get people into heaven. That's what his goal is. Uh, he can't do that if you're buried under the weight that he put on you. Uh, and and I, I just have the hardest time of understanding why uh, people can't just read the Bible. You know, when he read that scripture correctly out of Second Corinthians chapter 1 about Paul saying he despaired uh, even of life, but it never says that God put it on him. But he said, well, God put that on him, you know, uh, and but then God's going to put it on you, but then God's going to help you bear it. That doesn't make any sense. That, that's, that's what crazy people do, right? They mess with you. They, they go and tempt you, and then they, and they help you get out of the temptation they just tempted you with. That's crazy people, you know. We don't like being around crazy people. And yet people act like God's crazy in, in heaven, doing crazy things with us. He's not doing crazy things with us. He loves you. He desires for you to, to be healthy and strong and to advance his kingdom and work with you to, in order to do that. And, yes, sometimes there is persecution or tribulation. That's the only suffering that we ever see in the, in the, in the word that the Lord said that he can't stop it. It's going to come your way. Uh, everything else, sickness and disease, he said he'll stop it. Poverty and lack, he said he'll stop it. Uh, emotional trauma, he said he'll stop that. But things that, that for persecution from the outside, uh, you know, and just even, even things that, that are not persecution, but things that can bring harm to your life, he said he'd, he would uh, keep you in all your ways. Uh, so that even even uh, that your foot won't be dashed against a stone he said to keep you in all your ways uh, lest you dash your foot against a stone so the lord you know that's what the lord's doing amen Uh, and yet somehow in the church we get this super religious crazy thoughts about how god's putting these big burdens on you in these these difficult situations Uh, he's not doing any of those things uh he's he he desires for you to have a life full of joy he said that your joy may be full i don't know how you can have fullness of joy if you're buried under the burdens of god every day uh, now there is burdens that the lord will put on us but those burdens he said my yoke is easy my burden is what so the burdens that the bible talks about those are responsibilities to pray to read the word of god to attend church to to walk in love to do his word those are burdens, but they're not overwhelming, heavy loads that we bear in this life. Uh, and, and so I wanted to read that verse 13 and a couple of other translations. We read the King James says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. One says, I have might for all things in him that empowereth me. So if you have might for all things, then then why are you overcome? Why are you so uh, beat down? And, and, and why are you saying that God's doing that to you when God has given you actually might? for all things so that uh, you can be empowered by him that's what the word says right the world says things the church says things but so it seems like it's the hardest thing for the church to just believe god is not putting these heavy burdens on you when people die and people who die every day you know th- these are not the last people that will die in your life there will other people that will pass on and go on to heaven hopefully they'll go into heaven uh we will have to deal with those things you know and and, and yes they are they are um, Uh, times of grief and times of sorrow Uh, and uh, you know the Bible the Bible says that there will be times of sorrow in those in those situations and so we don't ignore that those situations are real but God's not putting them on us that's the key is is you know be really hard to serve the Lord if you thought he was the one putting it on you it'd be really hard to find a way out of it if you thought God was putting on you because you kind of feel like well the Lord's putting this on me right Uh, and uh, then you're going to ask him to help you bear the Lord he just put on you That's just crazy talk, right? Uh, And one translation says, I am ready for anything through the strength of the one who lives within me. And, and, you know, you are ready for anything. If if the strength of him lives in you, then you are ready for anything. Amen. You are ready to to handle whatever situations come your way, whatever trials and tribulations come your way. And you can do it with joy and peace and patience and love and, and kindness and uh, and knowing that the lord is going to help you through that situation amen so there are things in life that we deal with amen uh those are real and we don't we don't make light of them we don't act like they don't happen uh but we we want to know the source and it's it's people of faith know that the source of these things is not the lord people of religion think the lord's up in heaven messing with you every day and just toying with you and playing you like a little like a little pawn and seeing if they can survive and not survive and it's like, you know, the, uh, I don't really watch it, but they've got that show Survivor on TV, right? And we get on this, this deserted island and see who can, who can survive the longest, you know, and uh, they act like that's us, that God is in heaven, and we're His little pawns, and He's seeing who's going to make it, who's not going to. Oh, you didn't make it. Sorry, you didn't make it. You know, we'll let you go to heaven, but, you know, uh, you know too bad you didn't make it, though. You may be better next time, right? Better like next time. And so uh, that's not the Lord. Amen. And the Bible doesn't support that idea, that there's no scripture that they come up with that says god is putting these burdens on you that god is weighing you down heavy but he's also going to help you carry that heavy load that he just put on you uh that just that's crazy talk amen let's read the word and 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 just understand what the word says amen Uh, he was close he was like halfway there but then he kind of just messed it up at the end right uh and and yet how many people listen to that stuff every day hear ministers say stuff like that every day right and this fellow's supposed to be one of these people you know i can you know argue my way out of anything and, and you know some of his arguments are, are, are well founded but then uh, it seems like when we go to the word and have to understand the word we just fail and, and to, to me that should be the easiest thing in the world to understand what the word says we just read what the Bible says you know and, and yes things are things are real things will happen in our lives but uh, uh, do we have the might for all things in him that empowers us are we ready for anything through the strength of, of the one who lives within us uh, if, the, if the Bible is so, then this is so, amen, then, then, then why, is it a, why is it a big deal? Why do we make it a big deal? Why do we go on for days, weeks, months, and years wallowing in, in these things when, when the Bible says that these things, uh, we have the power to overcome them? And I think part of it is because there's a there's part of our mind that thinks, well, the Lord is putting this on me, so I, can't, I shouldn't get out from under this thing. If the Lord put this on me, I shouldn't get out from this sorrow, this burden, this weight, Uh, I I would be rebellious. And and that's just crazy talk. Amen. Let's let's read the word of God for what it says. Amen. Uh, Number one way to interpret the Bible, just read the Bible. Right. Uh, And so I just want to encourage you on that. You know, there's so much misunderstanding in that that area. Uh, And uh, to me, this is this is easy stuff. This is like kindergarten, first grade, you know, kind of basic reading, uh, understanding of how we operate as Christians in the earth. And yet, this this simple concept is lost to a vast a vast portion of the church, you know. Uh, and so, I'm going to live this way. I'm going to live. I can do all things with Christ would strengtheneth me. I'm going to live. I have might for all things in Him that empowereth me, and I am ready for anything through the strength of the One who lives within me. That's how I'm going to live. Amen. Burdened down, weighed down all the time, crying, you know, about all how hard my life is, you know. And and you could you check in you know, on? It's like, well, didn't you do that to yourself? Well, yeah, but you know. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> so that's another whole discussion there. But um, uh, can we do all things through Christ which strengtheneth us? We can. Amen. That's what the Word says. And so if that's what the Word says, that we can do it. Amen. And so let's stand and greet for just a minute. We'll get into praise and worship. We thank you that Paige and Jerry are strong and healthy. strengthen their bodies, Father. Father, we thank you that the symptoms will subside quickly, Father, and that a full, complete restoration of health strong and healthy, Father. Father, you're a 100% God. Father, you said you deliver us out of them all, Father. Not out of some, not on occasion, Father, but you deliver us out of them all. So, Father, we thank you. It's greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And because of that, Father, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. All things, Father. So, Father, we thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Father. Yes, Father. Father, we give glory unto you. Of and mercy and kindness, Father, towards us. Father, I thank you that you're a long-suffering God. I thank you that you're a God of love. and Father, you're a God of peace. And Lord, you said you gave us your peace, Father, not as the world gives us, Father, but as you give us great peace, Father, in the midst of every storm. So, Father, we thank you give you the praise and the honor for it, Father. We thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Is the Lord good? He's good all the time. Amen. He's never not good. Uh, We thank him for watching over us, being good to us. We thank you that he's assigned his angels to us. Amen. Amen. He's given his angels charge over us to keep us in all of our ways, lest we dash our foot against a stone, so his, he cares about the, even the smallest things in life, amen? amen? He's not just interested in protecting you from terrorism and, and atomic bombs, but uh, from stones and rocks and, and even um, uh, living room furniture, right? So you dash your foot against a stone, right? Uh, how many times you've dashed your foot against the living room furniture, amen? amen. Uh, and so uh, he's good to us, Amen. amen. Uh, and so, um, you know, we've been teaching on on the subject of the anointing and, um, you know, I want to encourage you in, in this teaching, you know, the, the teaching on the anointing is a little bit difficult because um, it's not seen, it's something it's not, something you can measure, right? It's something that, that you have to learn to yield to and have to learn to uh, sense in your own life. So it's not something I can teach you directly as far as how to do it. You know, you have to hear what the word says then have faith in the Word and then, and then do what the Word says. Uh, and, and associated with the, with the anointing is, you know, there's no, real, there's no feeling that's necessary for the anointing. There's no emotion that's necessary to, to sense the anointing. Uh, you can be anointed without even knowing that you're anointed in a sense that you don't feel anything or you don't sense anything because the Spirit of God already dwells in you, amen? In the book of John, we read a couple of scriptures in the book of John that talks about the anointing that you have of him is in you and teaches you all things. So he's already there. He's always there. And the anointing is just the manifest presence of, of the Spirit of God. And sometimes you can sense it. Sometimes you can tell that it's there. Sometimes you can uh, sense the manifestation of the Spirit. It's not necessary for that to happen, for it to be there, but uh, you know it it is nice when it happens. Uh, we shouldn't pursue it because there's no Bible that says you can have it, so it's not a promise that you can have a feeling, so to speak. Uh, and so... Uh, But sometimes, you know, in the in the in the in the uh, Pentecostal world that we live in, sometimes we feel like that the feeling and the emotional aspect of things are are a representation of the Holy Spirit. And so sometimes we will put on the emotions to represent the Holy Spirit, you know, and and um, and, you know, the Lord doesn't get all bent out of shape out of that. You know, I mean, people run around the church and, you know, everybody runs around the church. You may have 10 people run around the church. You know, seven of them may be in a spirit. Three of them may be in in their emotions. And, you know, the Lord's not going to get upset about that, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, We all get to grow up eventually, right? Uh, And so uh, we don't need to get upset about that. But the thing we need to be careful of in our lives as we're learning about this is don't feel like you have to exhibit some emotion for the spirit of God to be present. Amen. Uh, And uh, uh, and I think one of the greatest examples there is in Mark chapter 9. Uh, There with the epileptic son and you remember the son fell down was was convulsing and Jesus just started talking to the dad, you know uh, Because uh, it wasn't necessary for him to exhibit any emotions for the Spirit of God to be present. Amen Uh, and so um, uh, So so, and you know on the other side of that too though Sometimes that the presence of God can evoke an emotion in you and I think that's perfectly fine, right? Sometimes words aren't enough to express how big he is in you. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. emotions are the only way to get that out uh, and to express how big he is. And I think that's perfectly fine, too. I think the balance for the, for the church, the people of faith that you want to do is whatever is coming out of you should be coming out of your spirit. Yeah. And if, that's represent, if that is, is presented as some type of emotion, that's perfectly fine. Yeah. Uh, what we don't want to do is feel like we we'll have to have a physical uh, emotion to be uh, present uh, to prove that the Spirit of God is there. And that's where we get into trouble where we feel like, well, uh, you know, if God is moving, then we have to have emotions. Well, that's not true, right? God can move without any emotions. Uh, but if there are emotions, uh, God could be moving, but God may not be moving. So it, it's really up to you to train yourself to, you know, Lord. Uh, uh, and, uh, and some people, you know, some people just more emotional than others. And I don't think that's a problem either. Uh, the, the The problem we run into is when we, we feel compelled to display an emotion in order, in order to prove that the Spirit of God is there. And that's where you'll have to discern that in your own heart. Lord, why am I expressing this particular emotion? You know, why am I running around the church or why am I swinging from the chandeliers or whatever it is that we're doing? You know, uh, did, was I compelled to do that by the Spirit of God or did I just feel like doing that, you know, to kind of uh, join in with everybody else? Uh, and again, you know, the Lord's not going to get upset about those things. But uh, we want the real, we want the absolute real presence of God, amen? We don't want to show, we, uh, and, and yeah. um, you know, like I said, I've, I've run around the church many times and, and uh, done lots of things, you know, in, in those areas, dancing in the Holy Ghost, and I got no problem with any of those things, amen? Uh, and so uh, what we want to find then is, is the real power of God. That's what our pursuit should be, is the power of God, and how He expresses that in our lives is up to Him, Amen. Uh, and so, uh, so our foundation scripture here is in Mark chapter 16, uh, and this kind of goes along with a little bit what we said this morning about uh, here in verse 19, where it says, So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up to heaven, sat on the right hand of God, and they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming them, uh, confirming the word with signs following and so uh, the Lord w- works with us, amen? He, wor- he is, works uh, with us. We are, are partners together with him in this earth. We are representatives of the Lord here on this earth, right? He's, uh, the Lord Jesus is in heaven. The Father God is in heaven. The Spirit of God is on the earth, living on the inside of us. And so we are partners together with the Lord. And we work with him in the area of the anointing, right? How we work with him is how the anointing works in our lives. Uh, and so... Uh, I think last week we talked a little bit about um, about the, the value uh, of the word of God and how important that is in uh, how that the spirit of God will never violate uh, the word of God. Uh, and if you ever feel like the Lord is telling you something that's, quote, beyond the Bible, well, the Lord's not telling you anything that's beyond the Bible. He will never tell you anything beyond it. Now, he may do things that's not we've never seen before in the Bible. Right. I mean, he may, you know, grow an arm or a leg out, you know. Uh, uh, I don't know that I, that there were any evidence of that in the Word of God. Now, uh, when um, when Miss Angela was here, she was talking about how being maimed. How it the, was talking about how there was some um, uh, maybe legs that were short or twisted, or you know, like the withered hand, those types of things. Uh, and that may even imply that uh, uh, I think uh, uh, I guess she did talk about how maimed in some. Um, definitions of it can actually mean having a, an arm or a leg or a limb removed, right? And so there may be a case where you could say that that did happen under the under the ministry of Jesus. But there's plenty of things. I mean, uh, ha, has uh, did the world experience the AIDS epidemic when Jesus was on the earth? He hadn't. So can God heal that today? Well, sure he can, right? Uh, are there natural things? I mean, we saw some spectacular natural things in the Old Testament in the area of signs and wonders, like with Joshua causing the earth to stand still for 24 hours, and Isaiah to cause the earth to go back 15 degrees, right? Moses, part of the Red Sea. Uh, But uh, Jesus walked on water. uh, But we never saw Jesus, like, walk in the air, right, Uh, that I know of. uh, And uh, could that happen? Well, it probably could, right? I mean, you know, it hasn't happened today, but I do have heard stories of people were they were dancing the Holy Ghost to kind of dance off the edge of a stage and just into the air and then went back onto the stage, you know? Uh, and uh, uh, was, was that okay? Well, they're dancing to the Holy Ghost, giving glory to God. So who's getting the glory in that? You know, they're not drawing attention to themselves. They weren't saying, hey, look at me. I'm walking on air. Uh, they were just worshiping the Lord. And so uh, there will be things, that events that occur in the area of signs and wonders that we well, won't see uh, scripture, uh, scriptural proof that that's okay. What we have to do is look at that from a principle standpoint and look at it well, who's getting the glory for that situation? If if they are getting the glory or that event is getting the glory, then that's not of the Lord. Right. But if the Lord's getting the glory, then then it's surely of him. Right. Uh, and, and so nothing wrong with a miracle or sign of wonder. Uh, We've we got to uh, make sure uh, who's getting the glory. You know, e- even back in the day, there was a healing evangelist that the Lord used uh, in the area of uh, specifically of rheumatoid arthritis and had spectacular healings. Uh, and would pray for people, and they they said you could hear their bones and joints pop and crack as, as the Lord straightened their bodies back back up. And uh, one lady uh, said, "Glory to God!" and and uh, uh, was testifying, you know, about it at, at the meeting. And and the man said, "You know, don't give uh, glory to God. I'm the one who healed you," which is really dangerous, right? Oh, yeah. And really stupid, right? Uh, I mean. Can we heal a gnat's wing? We, do we have any inherent supernatural ability to heal anybody, right? Uh, no, we don't. And, and we should know that and appreciate that we don't have that ability. And, but sometimes, you know, we get full of ourselves. And, and of course, uh, that man had one of the most spectacular healing ministries and ended up dying of the very thing the Lord had used him to heal of more than anything else. He died of rheumatoid arthritis. Uh, now, see, the woman's faith was in the, was in the power of God that resided in his life. The woman's faith was not in him. The woman's faith was in the Spirit of God that was on him. And, you know, a lot of times those things are odd, right? How did she get healed? I mean, uh, well, you know, you'll have to ask the Lord that because he will still anoint people and give them mercy uh, even if they're out of the will of God to some extent uh, as long as they're willing to yield to have faith. And, And that just seems to be the case, right? If you're willing to have faith and yield to the Spirit of God, even if your life isn't perfect, he will still oftentimes use you. Uh, now, eventually it'll catch up with you like it did with that man. And many other healing evangelists went through the same exact process of uh, doing things that were ungodly. And uh, uh, you know, Jack Coe was really bad about he would have a spectacular healing and then shut the service down, receive an offering to get as much money as he could out of everybody. Right. Because when you heal somebody's child, how much money do you want to give right now? Everything you got. Right. And so that's a pretty good deal to raise some more money. Right. But that's terrible. I mean, it's, we shouldn't do things like that. And yet he was anointed to do that. How do you explain that? Well, you, you know the Lord is merciful. That's how you explain it. And uh, and the Lord and people have needs. The Lord will use people that are willing to yield to Him, uh, and help other people, even if they're not perfect people. Uh, and eventually the Lord de- deals with it. Amen. He, uh, the Lord sent ministers to Jack Coe and said, "Hey, you got to straighten up." And he didn't straighten up. And, and and then the Lord took His hand off of him, and he ended up dying at at, at age thirty eight. Uh, and so and that's happened. Time and time again. Uh, and so uh, the Spirit of God is real in people's lives, amen? Yeah. Uh, and so uh, so we, we have to be careful. Uh, and this is a warning. I was, uh, read uh, some of this information, from Brother Hagen, that it was a warning that don't pursue an experience, an emotional experience with the Holy Ghost, uh, because if you pursue an emotional experience, you will be misled. If you pursue, I need to feel something. You will be misled. You pursue the spirit of God and how he chooses to manifest. You leave that entirely up to him. Amen. Uh, you may not have noticed uh, or not, but I'm not a very emotional person sometimes, you know. Uh, and um, uh, part of that is uh, just because I, ha- I keep those things in order of where they should be. Uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, elevate uh, the spirit of God in my life more than the emotions in my life. I like to laugh and have a good time. You know, uh, I got no problem with that at all. In fact, over the years, I've gotten in trouble many times because uh, there'll be some situation where people are super serious and I'll just start laughing at, you know, in the middle of the situation. They get all mad at me. And, and, uh, and because, you know, uh, I mean, what's the worst thing going to happen? We go to heaven, right? I mean, you know, uh, how's that bad, right? And, and, uh, and, and the worst ones is when they're trying to persecute me and I start laughing. That's even makes them twice as mad. Yeah, you ever want to make somebody's persecuting mad? They start laughing at him, right? Uh, you want to get a bully mad at you? Just start laughing at him, right? That's the worst thing you'd ever do to a bully and laugh at them. Uh, I've laughed at many bullies over the years, and uh, and so we've got to be careful about uh, about trying to get some emotional uh, high. Amen. Uh, your emotions were given to you. Who gave them to you? The Lord gave them to you, right? He designed you to have emotions. Nothing wrong with emotions, you know, uh, but. Um, uh, we know the scripture, let's turn over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and we want to get in some other scriptures here as well. Uh, over in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, he says here in verse uh, 23, and we, we generally know this scripture, I think. It says, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. So, so he's going to sanctify you entirely, right? Uh, and I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So here's just a simple scripture that Paul distinguishes the three parts of a, of a human being, right? Spirit, soul, and body. And, it, and, um, and it's important that he put these things in the correct order, right? This is the order that you should live on in, in your life. That your spirit man should be the most important, biggest part of your life. What your spirit man is telling you to do, uh, uh, if you're a Christian... Your spirit man is your conscience, right? Uh, Well, your spirit man is your conscience whether you're Christian or not Christian. But if you're a Christian, your conscience is a good guide, right? It will never mislead you. Now, your brain will tell you to do crazy things, but your conscience will never tell you to do crazy things, right? And so uh, we don't have time to go into all the distinction of soul and spirit uh, and understanding those things. But uh, it goes back to the same thing we keep teaching over and over again is that uh, Your spirit man will never tell you anything that violates the word of God. And now people's brains tell them all the time do things that violate the word of God. We go steal that. Go be mean to him. Go say that to him. Show them this, you know, go, uh, go and do that. Go and go and do this. Lots of things, you know, and we'll justify it. Well, you know, you know, I just felt like that's what the Lord was telling me to do. Well, that's great. But did you judge that according to the word of God before you ever moved? Did you judge that according to the word of God? See if you judge it according to the word of God. And, according to the Word of God, and it violates the Word of God, then it 's not your spirit man it 's not your conscience, yeah. and so you 've got to train yourself uh, how to distinguish between your mind and your spirit man. Your mind is crazy and needs to be renewed and, uh, and is selfish and wants to do whatever it wants to do. Your spirit man is born again in the image and likeness of God, and only wants to do what the Word of God wants it to do, and the spirit of god and so uh, that 's one way to to distinguish between your your brain and your soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions, and your spirit, man, amen? Uh, And uh, usually uh, in the quietest time of your life is when you can hear the Spirit of God the most. Uh, If you're dealing with a lot of emotions, a lot of anger, a lot of hurt, a lot of uh, uh, crazy thoughts, vain imaginations, it's hard to hear your spirit, man. Uh, In fact, you know, I've told the Lord before, you know, in times of great emotional distress in my own life, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, if you told me to do something different right now, I said, I wouldn't do it. I said, because my emotions are so out of whack and so, so uh, out of control that uh, even if I thought I heard you, I'm not sure that I could hear you clearly. Uh, And it wasn't out of rebellion. It wasn't out of, you know, trying to not do the will of God. It was just, uh, Lord, I've got to get these emotions in in line before I can decide what you're saying in my life. Uh, And a lot of times people will make... uh, huge, life-changing decisions based upon uh, their emotions. Uh, and they rarely ever work out well. Uh, and they'll regret making those decisions. And yet, uh, if they had just gone back and and said, well, if my emotions are that high, then uh, you know they're, they're too loud to hear the voice of the Lord in your life. Amen? Mm-hmm. And so just uh, deal with your emotions first, get them back in check, and then hear what God says to you. Uh, and so your spirit man should be the, the number one thing in your life to listen to the Spirit of God in your life, to listen to your conscience in your life, and then, and then your soul and your, and your body, right? Your body uh, pretty much is, is very selfish. It wants to be fed and clothed and, and perfectly temperature all the time. Uh, and it wants to do whatever the sin nature wants it to do. And so not much you can do about your body except keep it under uh, the days of your life, right? Uh, and so, uh, so just be careful about uh, equating the spirit of god moving with an emotional experience amen those two are not the same you can have a perfectly fine a great uh, amazing uh, uh, visitation from the spirit of god without any emotions showing up amen uh, it is possible uh, but that's the goal is not the goal just make sure it is not to have emotions have an emotional experience amen uh, and so uh, so let, let's, turn, turn to, uh, we're let's turn to where in first Thessalonians just turn to over to first john chapter 4 So um, part part of learning how to deal with the spirit of God is. um, We know uh, where does the spirit of God live right now? He lives on the inside of us. Right. And yet, if you ask your average Christian, what is the spirit of God doing with you right now? You know, what is what is he saying to you? What is he revealing to you? Right. He said he would lead us and guide us in all truth and show us things to come. What is he showing to you right now? You know, a lot of Christians would be like, they look at you like, what are you talking about? You know, the, the Lord's not doing any, any of those things in my life. Uh, I'm just making it my way as best I can. Uh, and we talked about being led of the Spirit, right? And how that if we're led of the Spirit, we talked about that verse there in, uh, in Romans chapter 8, about how as many as are sons of God, they are led by His Spirit. And yet most Christians are not led by the Spirit of God. They're led by the things they can see. Well, if the door is open... God must, be, must want me to go to the door. If the door is closed, God must not want me to go to the door. Yeah, if, I, if I get the car, God must have wanted me to have the car. If the bank falls through and I don't get the loan for the car, then God must not want me to have the car. Now, did the Lord tell them any of those things? No. How did they decide the will of God? By what they could observe, right? By the things they could see. But it didn't say that in Romans chapter 8. It didn't say that as many as are, as are sons of God, they are led by the things they can see. It says they are led by the Spirit of God. So where does the Spirit of God dwell? On the inside of you. So you should know, you have a right to know on the inside of you which direction to take when you get up to the door. If it's open, the Lord may say, I don't want you to go through the open door. Okay, yeah, but it's open. So, I mean, there could be a cliff on the other side of it. It could be a monster on the other side of it. It could be be riches and fame that the Lord doesn't want you to have on the other side, right? Because it would ruin you. Whatever the thing is. Just because it's an open door doesn't mean the Lord wants you to go through. And if the door is closed, the Lord may say, kick the door down. Walk through the door. Didn't Jesus walk through the wall sometimes? He just walked through the door. No door is going to stop him. If he needed to be through the door, he's going to get through the door. So just because you see a closed door, that's got nothing to do with the will of God. It doesn't explain the will of God. It doesn't tell you what the will of God is. It's just a thing. It's just a door. And the only way you can know whether you should go through the door or go over the door or, you know... Uh, walk through the door or whatever, kick the door down, is by the Spirit of God. So, but you have to decide, okay, God lives on the inside inside of me. When you get to that circumstance, that situation, uh, you should always pause. You remember back in David, I I always love reading the stories of David. You know, David was a great warrior uh, for King Saul for years, right? And he'd get into a situation uh, and and he would say, Lord, what do you want me to do here? Now, he's a warrior. He could have just gone in and attacked him. What do you, want? you want me to attack him or not attack him? What are you going to do? You know? yeah. And the Lord would say, I want you to attack him, but go this way. And a lot of times what would happen to David would say, uh, do you want me to attack him and do you want me to, to keep all their stuff? And, and more, more often than not, the Lord would answer the first question and then wait for David to do that before he would answer the second question. Because uh, a lot of times we say, "Well, Lord, tell me what to do the rest of my life. He may only tell you what to do today. He's not going to tell you what to do tomorrow or the next day or the day after that. He may only tell you, right now, do this. And then, uh, just like with David, then, you gotta, then what David would do is after he would do the first thing, he would go back and repeat the second question. Okay, now, Lord, now what do you want me to do here? And the Lord would, would reveal that to him in that second phase. Now do this. Because the Lord's always going to promote faith. See, so it takes more faith to, to get one question answered at a time than the Lord just reveal everything right now and you're done and you just, okay, Lord, now leave me alone. I'll take care of this the rest of my life. See, he doesn't operate that way. It takes more faith to say, well, Lord, what do you want me to do today? And then tomorrow, Lord, what do, we, what do you want me to do today again? Take, and so the Lord, he's always going to, uh, you've got two situations, and one requires more faith than the other. He's probably going to give you the situation that requires more faith. He's going to operate in such a way that requires more faith in your part because God's a faith God. Mm-hmm. Now, David wasn't filled with the Spirit of God. He had the Spirit of God upon him, but he was not born again in that the Lord could lead him. Yeah. Uh, and so surely the Lord can lead us. So David didn't go up to a situation and go, well, I'm the, I'm, you know, future king. I can take these guys out. We're better than him. You know, I can take them out, no problem. But he'd still ask, Lord, what do you want me to do? And it would, it would be helpful to, to begin to ask, Lord, Lord, what do you want me to do? Before you ever make any major decisions in your life. Now, you know, uh, I, I don't know that you need to pray and intercede about whether you should have peanut butter and jelly or, you know, a ham sandwich, you know, uh, you could probably figure that out on your own. Amen. But, you know, it's always good to be to be aware because you may go for that ham sandwich and, and the Lord may may, you know, give you a check in your heart. Hey, don't eat the ham sandwich today. Why not? Well, you know, last three people ate it, you know, didn't didn't make it out alive. Right you know what I mean, so I mean, yeah, there may be something there. So, you know, I don't I don't pray about everything, but I'm, I'm I always try to be aware in every circumstance. Lord, what do you want me to do? Uh, and, and that's where you have to train yourself to be aware of the presence of God that lives on the inside of you. That's how you learn to work with the anointing, because that's the same process you're going to work at, work when you go and pray for somebody. Uh, Lord, what do you want me to do? Because if you're praying for the sick, you know, you may get up there and you may uh, uh, may lay hands on them. The Lord may prompt you to say something. Sometimes the Lord uh, doesn't prompt me to say anything. Sometimes you just the Lord just wants you to lay hands on them. And just let the power of God be transferred from you to them and not have to say anything. Uh, and, you know, I was praying for somebody one time and and, and uh, I got done and they said, wow. And they were and, and it was, you know, here's they missed everything, mm. right? They were needing they were needing major help in their life, but they missed everything. they said, wow, I thought you would have talked louder than that. Mm. See, in their mind, the volume of my voice mm. is what carried the power of God. Mm. And they completely missed God yeah. and didn't receive a single thing because they, they needed for me to speak loud to them. But the, you can't have faith in the volume of a voice. And the Lord's not, he, he's not required to operate the way you want him to operate. He, he re, is required to operate however he feels like operating. If he wants to talk loud, and I got no problem with talking loud, uh, you know, just ask my family, I, you know, I talk loud, you know. Uh, of course, I am, uh, I, I am known as being a mumbler sometimes, right? You know, mumbler, and, and I have to make sure I, I, don't, uh, I don't do that. but Because uh, I'm not a very loud you know, some people they're just you go down the street and go I think they're somewhere nearby I heard them you know they're block away and they just there's you know no loud people right uh, you know, how you doing oh I'm doing great you know well you know I'm I'm standing right here in front of you you know you, you use your inside voice it's okay right some people don't have an inside voice you know they hey you know I, I'm right here right but well, that's not really me and so but see uh, uh, see he missed God because uh, he was expecting and, and thought it was necessary to speak loud. Now, if it's, now I got no problem with it. If the Lord, you know, sometimes it, you know, get gets on you and you and you speak loud, right? Fine, no problem. But if it's not there, then there there's no power in the volume of your voice. But see, in His mind there was, right? And so, what did He receive? Well, unfortunately, He didn't receive anything, because He was disappointed that I didn't speak louder. It's like, well, <laughs> is the devil hard of hearing? I don't think so. You know, I can guarantee the devil can hear any voice of faith from a thousand miles away, right? Uh, And so faith is very loud, uh, but uh, but uh, the volume of a voice is not loud. So so what we need to do is learn how to uh, work with the spirit of God on the inside of us. Right. And so here in First John, we know this verse here in in verse four. It says, ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Now, do you believe that verse? I love that verse greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world Well, who's in the world he anybody right that's not gender specific right it could be a girl if there's a mean girl you know it's cool it still counts right yeah. uh because he that is, is is really the issue here is the devil that he's talking about well is that true that greater is he not equal to right not almost the same but greater, greater. do you believe that greater one lives on the inside of you so you've got a You've got you to gotta know that, right? You've got you've to gotta sense that in your heart. I, you know, I walk around thinking, I've arrived. Everywhere I go, I've arrived. The, the king has arrived because he's with me. You know, I don't think anything of myself. But, I, you know, in every situation, I think, uh, now, I don't say this, right? But, I, you know, but I think all y'all ought to be happy that I've arrived. Because greater is he than, than me than anything is going to happen in this circumstance right now. You know, and I don't think of bragging about myself. I'm thinking I've arrived because the king is with me. Right. He lives in my heart. I get on an airplane, I think all of you all don't even have a clue about how happy you should be because I've sat down in this airplane great. because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Right. Yeah. Every, I, and I think that way. I think everywhere I go, you know, I have uh, I have the greater one on the inside of me. And nothing is no, there's nothing that's a problem. Nothing will be a problem because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And, and so you have to you have to know that on the inside of you, you have to know that that everywhere you go, The greater one is there. And, and, you know, the the Spirit of God, he's called the Holy Spirit, right? Uh, And he is holy, which means there's nothing like him in the whole universe, right? He's precious. Uh, And and yet, uh, in fact, we'll look at some other uh, other scriptures here. Turn over to uh, Colossians 127. And, you know, a lot of these scriptures uh, I think you'll know, but it's just good in the context of of this teaching uh, to be aware of this, right? So do you know that the greater one that lives on the inside of you? Uh, he said here in, in uh, Colossians 127 uh, uh, to him, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So Christ is in you, right? The Lord Jesus lives on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. And, and it's full of glory, right? Uh, he's the hope of glory. Uh, and so and now and we're in cl- turn over to, uh, uh, and this is an early scripture we used at the beginning of this teaching in, in, uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Uh, let's see, yeah, in chapter 3, uh, it says here in verse 16, Know you not that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? Uh, and so, of course, that's the whole context of this teaching is that the spirit of God dwells in me. Right. But the key that that's really important is the temple of God. We are the temple of God. Right. Your body is the temple of God. You're the carrier of the spirit of God. And uh, because of that, you are his temple. Uh, and now that, that's important to know, because that's one of the one of the reasons why much of the church will never know any success in the realm of the spirit, uh, because their temple is, is you know, uh, uh, got uh, broken down walls and doors that don't close and holes in the ceiling and it never not been swept or cleaned in, in a thousand years and uh, nobody's caring for it and uh, you know the, the temple and I'm not talking about naturally speaking I'm talking about spiritually speaking right uh, because a lot of times people use this verse that, that we're the temple of God and they elevate the natural physical body to be a temple and they worship their body right and they they have to uh, you know, they, they have to be super clean and super fit and super all these things, right? Uh, but but uh, does God dwell in, in the natural realm? Mm-hmm. No, you know, he can dwell in an ugly person just as much as he can dwell in a pretty person, right? Uh, and we're not making any judgment about anything, right? But he can, he can dwell in a tall person as well as he can dwell in a small person, right? There, there, uh, it's, not, it's not the issue of what it looks like. Now, the issue is, is how you, you know, uh, it is it is good to care for it, right? Do the things that you should do. Uh, but, but you know, where we've gotten way out of balance in the church is we've elevated the body, the natural body, to being more valuable than the container of, uh, of the Spirit of God that it contains, right? Uh, the fact that it contains the Spirit of God. And we get focused on, on dieting and, and exercise and all of these things and look in a certain way and... and uh, uh, we, we get totally focused on the natural side of things. Uh, and, and really, we just need to be aware that, that, he, that He dwells in us and that He's our temple. Uh, and, uh, and so that we're in chapter 3, turn over to chapter 6 there. And so the, uh, this discussion here, this part of, of this teaching here is uh, these are things that you need to do in order to allow the Spirit of God to be strong in your life. Um, because what happens a lot of times is we're so unaware of, of the, being the temple of God that the, the Spirit of God wants to do great things in our lives, but because of our actions and, and how we live this life, he's unable to do that because of, of how we live. And so this is what he gets here to, um, to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. He said uh, in verse, uh, uh, verse 19, uh, he says, What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? Uh, and then he goes on in verse 20, for you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Uh, and now, remember, we read first Thessalonians five twenty-three uh, that, that God would sanctify holy. And I pray God, your whole what spirit, spirit soul and body be preserved blameless. Now, that how many? So how many are that? How many of those are there? Spirits on the bodies, three, right? So what's you say in verse 20? Uh, glorify God in your what body and in your what spirit, which are God. So how many is that it's Two. what so it's missing? So uh, so the Bible, the Bible says that God bought your body and bought your spirit. The Bible never says God bought your soul because your soul is your will and he doesn't own your will. You own your will. And so uh, your will, you have to choose to yield your will to him. Uh, but your body and spirit actually belong to Him. If you if you accepted the Lord as your Savior, then he, he purchased your body and your spirit. Which means if He purchased your body, who's responsible for taking care of it? Mm-hmm. You know, are, are any renters responsible if the roof falls through? Who do they call? They call the o- owner of the property, right? Hey, your roof fell through, and what what do they expect? For them to come fix the roof, right? And so why are you, why you uh, act like it's your body? It's really not your body. It's the Lord's body, right? Now you get to borrow it for a period of time on this earth, but he bought it, right? He said, which, which are God's and your spirit, your spirit was made in in the image and likeness of God. Amen. When you were born again. Uh, And so, so, uh, but he said, glorify God in your body. So a lot of things we do with our bodies don't bring glory to God, right? Sometimes how we dress doesn't bring glory to God where we go doesn't bring glory to God, what we say doesn't bring glory to God, how we act doesn't bring glory to God, all of those things are things that we do in the body, right? Uh, and, you know, a lot of Christians will say things, they'll curse, or they'll cheat, or they'll lie, or they'll steal, or they'll act just as, as foolishness, like the world does, uh, go places where the world goes, you know, there's certain places, I just won't go, you know, well, what's wrong with that? Well, I just, you know, can't go there, well, why not? Well, I just... In my my spirit man's like I can't go there right now. I know Jesus hung out with with sinners right, uh, but he didn't go everywhere right. He didn't say he went uh, into in the harlots, uh, of Harlem, and did all those things you know, and uh, or the, uh, the 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 harem is what I'm trying to say uh, with the women you know, and he didn't do all those places, uh, uh, and so he had no problem being around sinners. I got no problem being around sinners, but but I can't join in with sinners. Amen. Uh, and so uh, so in in relation to that. Uh, we'll, we'll pick this up next week. Cause I wanted to go through, uh, this, this whole area about, uh, keeping, uh, uh keeping your body in the right place. You know, that it's, if you really ever want to work with the spirit of God, because remember we work with him, then, then you have to get to where, uh, what you do in your body is really important to you, right? Uh, and where you take your body and what you do with your body, uh, because, what, a ha- what happens many times is the Spirit of God cannot uh, dwell in the midst of sin, right? He just won't be together with sin. If you go and do something, some, now he's not going to leave you, forsake you, but he's not going to manifest himself either, right? Uh, and so a lot of times what happens is we get so, our bodies get so important in our lives we do all kinds of crazy things with our bodies that our spirit man and the Spirit of God in us is so small compared to how loud and big we allow our bodies to be that uh, although he's there, he's not of much use to you. Uh, and so we need to get to where we learn how to dwell in our bodies correctly uh, so that uh, the Spirit of God can operate through us, amen, so that we can hear because when our bodies get so loud that uh, uh, they control all, all of our lives, then uh, we can't hear the Spirit of God. He's still speaking, but we can't hear him because our bodies are so loud. So what we want to do is learn how to keep our bodies quiet you know, and, and uh, you know, uh, just tell it to shut up every now and then, right? Just shut up, you know. I'm not going to do what you say to do. Uh, and sometimes you've got to be that way, right? Now, I don't tell my neighbors to shut up, you know. I don't tell my kids to shut up, except when I'm joking with them. You know, I used to joke about them you know, every now and then say, well, I'm going to beat you if you do that again. And I th- one day I thought, you know, they're going to go to school and say, Well, dad said you're going to beat me if I do that. Now, I've never beat my kids, but, you know, I didn't want them going to school and saying, Well, dad said you're going to beat me, right? Uh, in, in fact, I, I think it was one of the kids' teachers told Chris, They said, Hey, well, if you don't believe anything they tell you about me I won't believe anything they tell you, tell me about you <laughs> so uh because you know they come home and well the teacher did that it's like is that right you know uh and so so uh y- you know it it's not really uh, uh it's not really so much about the spirit of God but it is it is uh, really important about uh these next scriptures that we're going look at and we're not going to spend a lot of time in that but i think it, I think it is important about that because it's you you've got to uh You've, you've got to be very dedicated uh, in your life and committed to not just doing what the world does, right? Many people in a church feel like if they do what the world does, that'll make the world like them. Uh, and they'll, they'll win the world by doing the things the world does. I've got no interest in acting like the world. Uh, and I, it's not necessary for me to act like the world to win them. I'll just raise a few of them from the dead, and they'll all want to follow us, right? Uh, heal a few of their children, and they'll all want to follow what the, what the Word says, Amen. We don't have to act like them to, get, to win them over. They need to act like us to, to, to be part of us, you know? Uh, and so, so let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So, Father, we thank you for the word of God. And, Father, we thank you for blessing us. And, Father, we thank you that the Spirit of God does dwell in us. Greater is he that's in me, Father, than he that's in the world. And, Father, uh, we have the, uh, Christ in us, the hope of glory, Father, lives on the inside of me right now. Everywhere I go, a king is with me. Everywhere I go, the power of the universe that created the universe, Father, lives on the inside of me. And so, Father, I believe that because your word says it's so. And if it's so, Father, then it's true. And so, Father, I thank you for that. And I give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. Is the Lord good? Yes. We appreciate his goodness and kindness. Amen. And, um, uh, of course, we've got. Uh, it's near the end of... of, uh, of uh, November, getting into, into December, Christmas time, right? So um, uh, I'd encourage you, you know, enjoy Christmas time. Enjoy that time of uh, uh, thinking about the Lord and, uh, and just seeing all the things about, um, about the Lord. I think we got the, um, the nativity scene up there uh, next door. If you get a chance to come see it at nighttime, it's really cool at nighttime there. And so, um, and so uh, let's get ready to receive this morning's tithes and offerings. Amen. Um, and it's nearly the end of the year, right, and so um, we'll, um, we usually have a business meeting at the beginning of the year sometime, usually February time frame there, so I'll let you guys know how everything's going on with the church financially, and so come ahead, Mr. Jared, and uh, receive the offering, and um, of course, if you ever want to know anything, you know, there uh, uh everything's open here, you know, if you want to, if you want to print out of every single transaction we've ever had for the church for the last 13 years, I'll be glad to print that out. You know, I'm going to print out in like 5.1, about this big. You know, so you have to have magnifying to get it. Either that, or I'm going to print out like one word per page. You know, and then, uh, no, I wouldn't do that. You know, if you really, if you really wanted to see it, you know, I'd be glad to show it to you all. Right. So there, there's uh, uh, there, there's no secrets about that. Amen. That's that that kind of information ought to be available to anybody in the church who wants to see it. We don't make it available to the public because it's none of their business what we do in the church. But uh, you're part of this church, so you have a right to know what's going on in the church. Amen. Uh, and so praise God. Uh, well, be blessed. Don't begin. We have healing school today at three o'clock and, uh, and you're dismissed.